Welcome to Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast with Stephanie Lee. On this show, we're going to talk about the experiences of high-achieving women and men across industries and lifestyles who are at about the midpoint in their career and are no longer satisfied to let life happen to them. Together, we're going to purposely create the second half of our lives by addressing burnout and overwork, by getting clarity on how we're creating the experiences of our lives, including how we're keeping ourselves stuck, by articulating what it is we want for the second half of our lives and identifying a plan to achieve it. Hello, and welcome to Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast. How are you today? I think it's so interesting. When someone asks us the question, how are you? We all respond pretty immediately with the required socially appropriate response, right? I'm fine. Or often, I'm busy. What I have found that even when I have the opportunity, I'm with a close friend, I'm with a coaching colleague, and the question actually means something a little bit different. It's not a greeting. It's not perfunctory. This person is actually saying, how are you? What's going on in your life? How are you feeling about these things that I know that are happening in your life? I still have to kind of get out of the gate first with that. I'm fine. Get that out of the way. And then I can begin to talk to them about what's going on with me. So I would ask you, so how often do you trick in with yourself and say to yourself, how are you? What's going on with you? What are you feeling right now? So take a moment just here while we're together. What are you feeling right now? What are the predominant emotions for you? If you take a moment just to check in. Do you know why those emotions are there? Do you know where they came from? How do you know that you're feeling those emotions? For most of us, emotions come up as physical sensations in our body. They can be really subtle or they can be stronger. So if I ask you how you're feeling and you notice that you're feeling, let's say, Frustrated. Where does frustrated show up in your body as a physical sensation? And I would ask you to just briefly notice where you feel it and pay attention to it. It's so interesting to me how rarely we pay attention to our own lived experience in the moment. We feel these things, we have these emotions and feelings, and we stuff them away or we push them away so that we can get on with the business of life. But our emotions are clues to what's going on with us. They give us good information. Try this a couple of times during the day. Check in, see what you're feeling. See what the prevailing emotion is at the moment. Just pay a little attention to it. I'd be curious how this experience is for you. So today on this show, I want to talk a little bit about something I've been seeing in social media and hearing about on podcasts, which is this idea of sort of coaches or therapists or other professionals 
making comments or um, sort of mocking, or you can tell that their tone is irritated with other professionals for promoting what they're calling faux self-care strategies as ways to address burnout. So let me give you an example. So I saw a post, and I'm not calling out anyone here specifically, but let's just assume this is a composite of several posts I've seen. And it's it's one of the little, um, you know, graphics that people have created depicting like massages and a yoga class and a little bit of meditation and maybe sleep and water. And it's identifying these as strategies to address burnout. And then the professional has included a caption that says something like, I so wish people wouldn't keep talking about how these things are going to cure burnout with the little mad emoji. And I get frustrated by these posts because if I'm seeing them in my feed from therapists and professionals, whatever, I know that people who are desperate with burnout at the moment are also seeing them in their feed. And I understand the frustration with these types of, of things. I think these posts are an entry point for people. I think if you are desperate with burnout, these are strategies for coping. These might be strategies for you to get through the next 15 minutes, the next day, the next week. No, they aren't going to likely heal you from burnout, but they might get you past where you are right now. Not everyone who is struggling with burnout is ready for healing or ready for a cure. They don't necessarily believe there is a cure or the possibility of healing and that it's available to them. They don't think they have time for that right now. They just need to get through their day. And when we as professionals kind of sit back a little bit and act like everyone should want healing today, I think that's entirely unrealistic. A lot of folks are just really trying to get by. So I think about this through the lens of, you know, infield first aid, right? So you might need a tourniquet after a terrible injury just to get to a place where you and your caregivers can decide, I got to get to a hospital. That is what's really important here. But something has to happen first. The Band-Aid, the tourniquet has to happen first before you can be taken to the hospital to receive the care, maybe the surgery that you need in order to truly address the wound. Both are needed. Both are appropriate. You're not getting to the surgery without first having that tourniquet in the field that maybe saves your life so you don't bleed out. And while that sounds like an extreme example, I think the way that folks feel with burnout, you see the similarities, right? It's a little bit of a desperate feeling. It's reaching for something to alleviate the pain and to alleviate the discomfort. For many people, these strategies, something like getting a massage, is just an entry point. It's just a, a way to begin to see, okay, I went and got a massage. I can feel the knots, the tension in my body. I see that that's there. It's sort of an opportunity to recognize how that might be affecting me and to notice how I feel afterwards and to think, you know, maybe if I did this more often, maybe there are other strategies that I could deploy to get myself to a place where I'm actually feeling better. They can serve as that light at the end of the tunnel, if you will. 
Importantly, too, a lot of people get themselves into burnout because they have been doing so much for other people, because they have been prioritizing other individuals' needs before their own, maybe their bosses, maybe their kids, maybe their parents. And now they're seeing that they can take some time to do something for themselves. And this is a huge first step. And these low-hanging fruit kind of strategies give them an opportunity to take that action for themselves. Now, you might tell me, yes, but, you know, if you're just taking a five-minute breathing break or meditation, going for a walk or being sure that you get extra sleep, none of that's really solving the problem. And it's not addressing the bigger issues like you may need better boundaries. You probably need better boundaries in your personal and professional life. You might actually be feeling so burdened and so burned out because you're not living in alignment with your own life values. Maybe the work that you're doing is not important to you. Maybe you're dedicating more time to a task than you are to your family. And you're torn up about that. And you're attempting to use these strategies to cope with that reality. And that's entirely true. And again, I don't think that they're the beat all end all, but I do think they are an entry point. I do think they're an opportunity to get to a space where there is a little bit more clear thinking and the ability to move forward with perhaps more in-depth strategies to care for yourself. So that's one thing, sort of this, this idea that folks are going to get so much relief, I guess, from these faux self-care strategies that they're not going to do the hard work. But this is what's happening anyway, right? Is we're finding little ways to cope. Because it's often not until we're in enough pain that we start looking for maybe bigger actions to take maybe really taking that examination of our life and whether or not it is in alignment with our values, maybe revisiting our boundaries. So yes, some of these strategies could work to insulate you from having to do that harder work. That might just be how it goes. Now, if you're an individual who at the first whiff of getting burned out is able to take that step back and go, oh, okay, okay, I see I've got some real issues I need to address here. This is a bigger change than just going to a yoga class once a week. I need to actually realign some things in my life. Great, good for you. But I think that it's the unusual person who gets there right away. The other sentiment I'm seeing expressed quite a bit, again, social media podcasts, is this idea that if we give people strategies to address their own burnout, we are absolving organizations and structures from the role they play in creating that burnout. My feeling as a coach is that I want to empower my client. I don't want my client to believe that he or she is trapped in a state of burnout until an organization or a family structure or something else in their life, maybe caregiving responsibilities, until those things change. I want to give them tools and the ability to cope and change things for themselves in the midst of the chaos, while not absolving the situation of the responsibility, in this case, perhaps the organization, 
of the responsibility for the situation that the person is in. And this is for a few reasons. This person may choose to stay in this organization because they've got kids in school and they're actually going to keep this job, which pays the bills, until such time as the kids graduate and they've decided that's what they're going to do. And the organization isn't going to change. Maybe they're not in a position to be an agent of change within that organization. Or perhaps it's going to take a little bit of healing and improvement from where they are today before they can get to a place where they can ask for what they need from the organization. So I don't worry at all that giving people strategies and tactics to address their own burnout is going to absolve these other structures outside them of their responsibility. I feel very much like it is a both and, but the only thing under that individual's control is what they can do for themselves. So why do I think this happens? So I think that professionals in the personal development world, be they coaches or therapists or experts in organizational behavior, I think they see the opportunity for people to truly resolve things like burnout, to really get to a place of healing and where their lives can be so much better than they are today. And they want that for their clients. They don't want them to stop at coping. And so they diminish these, you know, again, faux self-care strategies. They diminish the first reaches to the low-hanging fruit of what might help you out. And I can understand that. And they see, and there is plenty of research to support the structures and organizations, the demands that are placed upon individuals, that these are contributing to factors to burnout. And that if people continue to cope, organizations can continue to behave this way and not really address the core issue. And again, I understand that as well. But I also want that person who's sitting across from me, usually on Zoom, to have a strategy that he or she can deploy today. And, and actually, as I speak about this, that person is probably not yet sitting across from me on Zoom. I'm probably a strategy that they deploy further down the line when they realize they need a different tool. They need a more specialized tool to help them with their burnout. But I want that burned out person sitting at her desk to think, you know what? I can do something for me today. I can go to that yoga class every Tuesday. And it makes me feel amazing. And then maybe over time, she begins to think, I wonder if I could feel like that more days. And so that draws her in and makes her think there is more possibility out there available to her. So what do I think when I see these posts? How do I wish people would respond? Um, I wish we would have a greater tolerance for where people are. I wish we would say things like, I'm so glad you're taking some steps to do something that's good for you. Let me know how those steps work for you and how I can support you. We don't have to imply that they're going to heal them, that it's going to solve all of their issues 
but we don't have to get in there and act like they have no value at all. When we do this work, when we get sucked up into the world of personal development, I think we see all of these strategies that we've become exposed to. We see the knowledge that we have about what contributes to burnout over time. And we think everybody needs the top shelf strategies. Maybe they do over time, but they don't even know that they're there if they don't have the opportunity to open the door up by deploying some of these things that are actually within their reach. When we make it all out of reach, we're not doing a service to our clients or to those who need help with burnout. All right. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast. I hope you'll join me back here next week for another episode on YouTube or your favorite podcast player. I tell you what, I am starting a book club. This month, we've read Life in Five Senses with Gretchen Rubin. And next month, we're going to read Susan Cain's Bittersweet. I'm going to include a link in the show notes for the Facebook group. If you'd like to join us, we're just beginning to gather in a new Facebook group dedicated to this book by Susan Cain. What we've done this month is we've had about 25 women in the group, and it has been all women, but it is not limited to women. Men, y'all are welcome to join us. And we've had a conversation. So people have posted their observations of the book. I post a question or observation about once a day and people can respond or not. The idea is that it is a low stress book club and we're scheduling a date at the end of the month where we can have the opportunity to get on Zoom together. Those that want to, those that are in a time zone for whom that's even feasible. I'm in the Eastern time zone in the US and we can talk about the book. Again, fun, light, low stress. If you're interested, join the Facebook group at the link in the description in whatever podcast player you're listening to or on YouTube. If you're enjoying this show, please do leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help others to find the show. I've enjoyed chatting with you and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye.